If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Lawrence would love to pass one out. If you do have one, Acts chapter 28. Just use that as a starting point. We've come to the end of the book. We'll describe what happens and maybe a few lessons we can learn from that. Okay. We were in a shipwreck last week, right? For those of you who are here, Paul was in a shipwreck. And that fun moment that we learned, the first indication of surfing in the Bible, as they rowed boards to shore. Some swam. We learned some practical lessons in the midst of the trial, that when God moves, we need to move. We don't need to run away. We don't need to jump ship. We need to trust the Lord in what he said. And we simply need to take care of ourselves as they took nourishment. And sometimes life feels like a shipwreck. And sometimes life feels like a storm. But this morning, I just want to change pace a minute because there is no storm in history that has lasted forever. Amen? Do you know after the storm, usually what happens is the sun comes out. Amen? And I remember times we go to the beach in New Jersey in the summer and we wake up, we're all excited and a big storm is coming and you're all depressed. Oh, I took a week off and, you know, you even count like, I hope it's not going to rain for more than two days, one day, zero days. This is my vacation. You wake up, it's stormy, but there's been many days where a storm has come in. But I want to tell you, the storm blew out. The storm left and the sun came out. And this morning, I just think it's really important because sometimes in the midst of the storm, and we've been talking about challenges all through this last part of the book of Acts, whether Paul's been on trial or Paul's almost been killed or Paul's been in jail, that, listen, these storms come to an end. And God is a good God. In the midst of the storm, he blesses us. But after the storm, he brings life. And it's like if you have a tree, and I'm not really a farmer at all, but I used to have one apple tree. As you prune it away and you cut it, the purpose of that is it will bring what? More fruit and new growth. And sometimes when we're midst of the storm, all we can see is the waves and the rain. But I'm here to tell you that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And He is a blessing God in the midst of the storm. And after the storm, He will bring fruit. Amen. Amen. And I think we all can attest to that in our life. That it doesn't last forever. But it seems like it's lasting forever, doesn't it? Sometimes it never seems to end. God, when is this going to happen? Whether it's a week, a year, or even for some, multiple years, ten years, or whatever, the line, but God is a blessing God, and even if you think your whole life has been a storm, i got news for you, heaven is around the corner, amen? And there will be no suffering. But I believe on this earth that God is a blessing God, and that storms don't last forever here, And though persecutions come, so do the blessings a hundredfold. That's what God's word says. Amen? A hundredfold. So in Acts 28, what happens is they escape to the island and they find out in verse 1, it's called Malta. And when the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and they made us all welcome. Because of the rain was falling and because of the cold. So even in that, God is beginning his purpose that 
The storm is coming to an end. They found a people who are very kind. And when Paul gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hands. So when the natives saw this creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom through whom he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was God. And in that region, verse 7, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publis, who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And it happened that the father of Publis lay sick with the fever and dysentery. Paul went into him prayed and he laid hands on him and healed him so when this was done the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed they also honored us in many ways and when we departed they provided such things as were necessary so in the next section verse 11 to 16 we see after three months The journey begins all the way to Rome to Caesar because that's where Paul was going on appeal to state his case. We see that as he went in those verses and from 17 on that in each place he stopped there were believers that met him. And there were even some believers when he got close to Rome met him and walked with him and took him all the way into Rome. Absolutely amazing, the body of Christ, huh? All over the world, and when we need courage, they are there to inspire, to encourage us. And I'm sure for Paul, it was exactly what he needed. Well, as he gets there, we know Paul has one thing on his mind when he gets to Rome. What do you think that is? I don't think it's necessarily his appeal, but what do you think Paul wants to do in Rome? Amen. Because God had told him, you're going to go to Rome to talk to people about Jesus. And Paul's got, he's got like one thing on his mind, it seems, all the time. And it's to profess the truth of Jesus Christ. So it says in verse 17, it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come close, he said to them, men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our father, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who, when they had examined me, wanted to let me go because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar Not that I had anything of which to accuse my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have called for you to see you and speak with you, because for the hope of Israel I am bound with these chains. Then they said to him, We neither received letters from Judah concerning you, nor have any other brethren who came reported or spoken any evil of you. Verse 22, But we desire to hear from you what you think. For concerning this sect, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. So when they had appointed him a day, many came into him at his lodging, 
to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. This wasn't just like a two-minute witness, like, oh, you got to meet Jesus. This was the over 12-hour version going through the Old Testament, the law and the prophets sharing about Jesus Christ. Verse 24, And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. And when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers, saying, Go to this people and say, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts to turn, so that I should heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, and he had a great dispute among themselves. Then Paul dwelt two years in his own rented house and received all who came, note this in verse 31, preaching the kingdom and teaching the things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, and no one was forbidding him. And we know, as I'll talk about in a minute, that many in Caesar's household came to know Jesus Christ. Blessings. The storm is over. In this season of Paul's life, he's going to experience fruit, and he's going to produce amazing, amazing fruit for us. Life is different seasons. But we certainly serve this blessing God, and we can't lose sight of that in the midst of our difficulty, that God is always working, whether you see it or whether you don't. Amen. You might come in here, God's not working, my life's miserable, I have no blessings, I'm here to tell you. Stop that nonsense, because God deserves our prayers, and He hears us, and He wants our praise. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 45 says, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders you have done. Is that your heart this morning? Are you looking at the wonders and the blessings? Let's just look at a few of them <clears throat> this morning. What was a blessing Paul experienced after his shipwreck? Don't you love it when he shook off the snake? Can't you just picture that in your mind? There's some parts of the Bible that are easier to picture. I just kind of see it in a movie. Like this viper comes out of the fire. <laughs> He's just like, get off me, snake. Wham. Right? Get off me, snake. I love that. It was the blessing of protection. It was protection from the evil one. Is victory over sin. That is an amazing blessing because we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And don't come here moaning and groaning that you can never have victory over sin and the devil's too big and he's just out for you and there's no way out of it because of what's happened in your life. That is baloney because God says, shake off the snake. Because you have the Holy Spirit within you and you have all power. 
I think we need to understand this blessing and we need to live in this blessing because sin has no power over us and death, as Paul would say, where is your sting? Even if, devil, you want to kill me, I'm going to heaven. You want to hurt me? God's going to turn it to a blessing. Because what does he say in his word? He's going to work all these things for good for those who love him, right? And so in the midst of it, there might be a difficulty. It might be sin in your life. It might be the devil who's pictured a type, the snake. And he's trying to fasten himself upon you. You have all power to shake him off in the name of Jesus Christ. Because you don't serve a God who's dead in the grave. You serve a God who's resurrected and has power over sin and death. And I think sometimes we need to live in the blessing of truth to conquer evil. Amen. And we need to be reminded again and again and again. God is for you. Who can be against you? Did you hear me? God is for you. Who can be against you? Get off me, snake. And you might bite me, but I'm going to shake you off. And guess what? Even if the snake would have killed him, big deal. He's going to heaven. You understand that? Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you can throw us in the furnace. That's fine. And whether we live or die, it don't matter. We're going to still follow Jesus Christ. Because he has all victory because he's defeated death and he's defeated sin. Okay, so we have the blessing of protection and we should be thanking Jesus for that. And by the way, isn't there some seasons when you get through temptation and you make it through and you claim the Lord and you get through that and you're like, woo! Hot diggity dog. That sin has no power over me. That gossip, that pornography, that anger, that bitterness, you got no power over me. That negativity in your mind, you have no power over me. And when you get there and the excitement and the truth, because it's new fruit in your life, it's new growth, that what bothered you years ago doesn't bother you today. Just think in your life, all those things that held you back. Oh yeah, I remember five years ago, ten years ago, ten... Thank you, Jesus, for the blessing of victory over that. Oh, there's still more hills to conquer, but we're going to charge them like Caleb in the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not time to moan and groan. It's time to give thanks for the blessing of victory. Not only that, he continues on... And I love this. Isn't it an amazing blessing after the storm? Sometimes in the storm, but sometimes specifically after the storm, that God uses us in the natural and the supernatural. Listen to me. Does God need us in any way? No. But yet he still chooses to use us that we can be a part of his work. Isn't that an incredible blessing? That God says, I want to use you and you and you. And whether it's simply setting up chairs and that's natural or healing people, whether it's simply helping your neighbor or praying and seeing a miracle, God wants to use you. And Paul comes, he didn't heal anyone on the ship. There was no miracles on the ship. And that's fine. We'll praise the Lord because in the natural, he said, eat food. 
But when he gets off the ship, then he goes to Publius' house. He went and he laid hands on the father and he was healed. Praise the Lord. Through our works that he's given us, he receives glory. Let your light shine before men, it says in Matthew 5. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know what, you like, just be careful. Just be careful when you do something good that you're not taking any glory. And that's perfectly true, right? But sometimes people need to see your good works because we can say, it wasn't me, it was God. God did it all. And the people are like, who is your God? What about your God? That's right, you give God glory in doing good things. Well, I can't do that. Nobody can see me. God's got to get all the glory. God will get the glory. If you walk in the works, he's prepared for you because he's the one who prepared them and he's the one doing the work, but you got to simply do it. Isn't it incredible that he would use us? Isn't it absolutely incredible that he would use us at work, at home, and it might be going bad, but yet God is still doing things and there are seasons where he does amazing things. And through this, God's work, amazing supernatural work because he goes on to heal almost everyone in the island it prepared the way to provide everything they needed for their journey how about that the blessing of provision through the blessing of good works i just find it amazing that we serve a good father and the good father gives us good gifts And as was prayed this morning, what are we supposed to do with those good gifts? Oh, just put them away. (laughs) Uh, I know, Lord, that you've given me good things and and good abilities. But I'm just going to put them away. I'm just a little scared. I don't want anyone to see me. I'm just going to put them away. No, don't do that. Because you have a good father and he gives you good gifts. And as you use your gifts, he is glorified and people are changed and they're edified. And he wants to bless people through the blessing that he gives you because he's a blessing God and you're a channel and it just flows right through you. You're not like the Dead Sea. You take those and then you rot away. No, no, no. You're a channel. You take those gifts and those abilities and you let them flow through whatever God's gifted you, natural or supernatural, and you let it flow and then people are blessed because you're just a channel of this good God giving you good gifts and good blessings and people are changed. And just imagine if it just kept going and going and going hey whoa that's the church that's the church are you feeling dead this morning maybe a little spiritually dead can i ask you are you serving the lord are you using your gifts absolutely amazing who god is and what he does and on this island he's doing amazing things and not only that We can see the supernatural healings. But even you can say, as Paul continues and ends up in Rome, and he's still on kind of house arrest, and and what good comes from that? Well, he has freedom because he's past the point of imprisonment. But you know what he does in that house? You know what he does in that house? Something that changed our lives today. What did he do in that house? See this book in the New Testament? Many of the letters you read are the blessing of God speaking to Paul when he was in Rome, not on the ship, that he put down, mailed to those churches that we study and are changed by today, whether it's Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, whatever you want to talk about, 2 Timothy. 
The list goes on and on as the Holy Spirit spoke to him and he penned those letters. They've affected generations because the power of the Holy Spirit was in them. The blessing of God was on those letters. And they change our lives today because they're about Jesus Christ. God is a good God. And there are times and seasons where it's difficult, but we come out of those and things flow so beautifully. Third, I love this blessing to think of after being on that ship and not eating for 14 days and probably feeling alone, though he had some guys with him. As I mentioned before, what an awesome blessing that he starts his journey to Rome. They stop in different places, verse 14, in that section I didn't read, but I mentioned to you that the body of Christ comes alongside Paul and he takes courage. It says in verse 15, when Paul saw them, he thanked God and took courage. Hey, do you know that you are blessed by the body of Christ? I don't like the people at church. That's why I went to this church and I didn't like them there. I went to that church. I don't care where you go to church. Because you're not going to escape the body of Christ. Hasn't you ever had those situations where you've needed a phone call, you've needed a prayer, you've needed a friend, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, it comes. And whether it's at work, oh, I didn't, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. <laughs> or maybe it's someone at church that you reach out and they reach back. Maybe it's been in the past. Maybe you want more of it in the future. I'm just here to tell you that the body of Christ is a blessing. And the believers encourage us and edify us as they talk of Jesus. Jesus even talked about this when he said this. Funny, we might lose our own families. You know, he said that. For the sake of the cross, you might lose your parents, your siblings. But you know what? He goes on to say that you'll get a blessing a hundredfold. And I always explain like this. You might lose one brother, but you're gaining a million, a billion more. You might lose your family, but you're gaining another family. And this is the words of Jesus. This is what he's saying. A hundredfold disciples in this world and the next. You might lose everything, but you're going to gain more than you can think. I don't want to lose my family. I'm not saying I will. But as we follow Christ, difficult things happen, shipwrecks. But God brings it back. Persecution with blessing. Don't forget the blessing. Let's stop living in negativity and see the truth of the blessings of God. And one of them being the body of Christ. I think it's incredible. You have brothers and sisters all over the world. We sent Caleb off to, uh, whatever, Tuesday. It's all a blur. 4.30 in the morning. Never realized the airport was so busy at that hour. So mom and dad are fighting back their tears. Caleb, he's excited. Where do I go? Where do I go? Right? Hi, he's not even sad. What's up with that kid? We sent Lizzie off this morning. She didn't really want to say goodbye. She saw her friends. Ah! We're concerned. Is he going to get there? 26 hours traveling. Caleb is a wonderful child, but he can get lost in the mall. <laughs> so you're worried. You're worried, right? And you're, oh, well, just can he meet someone? And then comes the picture. He doesn't write us he's there safely. 
Worms. Snaps his picture overlooking this beautiful forest in the Philippines. Praise God, Caleb's here. But my heart is like, praise God for the body of Christ. That someone met him on the other end. That someone loves him because they're a part of the body of Christ. Other stories I remember so keen, like even my brother there, Mike Sparrow, going to Germany and having, I think it was appendicitis or whatever it was. And what are we going to, like... He was fine, but then, oh, I know someone where he is, my friend Toby, who dis- discipleship all over the world. Wow, he went and visited him, and then he went to his parents. That, that's the body of Christ all over the world. We don't ask questions. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know about that fellow. Oh, you're a Christian? You're a believer? How can I help you? How can I encourage you? I know Dan. He's a believer. You know him? You, oh, we're all the same family. Isn't that an incredible blessing and we're down? Someone picks you up. You can't hear God, but they just come beside you and say, you hold on. We're in this together. And that's why we need fellowship. And that's what church is. And the problem is today, church has become entertainment. Let's go in, do our Sunday thing and go have our coffee. How you doing? How you doing? And yet God has so much more for it. He has so much more because he has magnified blessings if we'll do what he wants. That there are people who are called to help you, that want to help you. Oh, no, no, I'm just going to have a little bit of that on Sunday. Oh, no, there's so much more, isn't there? Have you ever been there when you needed something and the body of Christ was there? And that's Paul, and that's a major blessing. And we need to start counting our blessing instead of everything negative that happens and say, Oh, God, you're incredible. Oh, God, you've given me victory over sin. God, you want to use me? That's crazy. I'm a nobody. And God, you've given me brothers and sisters when I've lost things valuable to me that you keep giving it and giving it and giving it to me. By the way, with our resources, it's the the same thought pattern that Jesus said. If you give, guess what? You'll be blessed. You want to hang on to something? You're going to have holes in your pocket, as Haggai says. But if you want to give, you'll be blessed. There is no time in my life where I've given where it hasn't come back in some way. And I thank Jesus because it's a blessing from Him. Because He is a giving God. In the midst of the storm, but in the season after the storm, it's incredible. And we need to praise Him. Amen. We need to praise Him. I was thinking this week... Praise is the pathway to the presence of God. Praise is the pathway to the presence of God. And we wonder, how come I don't feel God's presence? When's the last time you simply just spend time with Jesus, praising him and thinking, I don't have any joy. Because you're looking at yourself and all the things you don't have. And yet God would have you to choose to look at him and praise him and his presence will come. I was thinking in First Chronicles, it's a little bit boring. The, I even skipped a few chapters, but don't tell anyone. I'm your pastor. So many names. I even tried the Living Bible. It wasn't helping. It was the easy read version, but those names were still difficult. But I did get to one part about the gatekeepers, and it said they selected reliable men for the gatekeepers. And the gatekeepers are always mentioned with those who gave praise. Do you know that David hired people in the temple, in his kingdom, just to praise God? So there were people praising God 24-7. They got paid for it. Well, I don't think we should pay anyone in ministry. Well, David said, I'm going to praise him just to sing and sing and sing to Jesus and praise Jesus. You mean that's my job? 
Yeah, that was their job. Just alone, anyone watching, you're just going to praise Jesus. And the gatekeepers, always mentioned with them, were supposed to be reliable men. So what they did every morning, open the gate. And I just saw this incredible picture that every morning we have to open the gate and praise the Lord. And we need to be reliable in that and start our day with Him. And not this junk of being negative. Oh, another storm, another problem. Oh, God. Oh, no, God, you're a blessing, God. Oh, no, God, you're going to get me through this. Oh, no, God. God, I'm going to give you praise even in the trial because your word says it. But knowing that you're doing a work that is beyond me and there's going to be fruit beyond my wildest expectations. Do you believe it this morning? Are you a gatekeeper of praise? Are you opening that every morning? Are you living and complaining? Are you living in it with a critical spirit? You know, there's some people that everything is, oh, you're not this, you're not that. You're not this, you're not that. And then we get like that. I'm not like this. You're not like that. We're not. Oh, the church is a joke, man. Like they don't have expensive coffee. This church is a joke, man. They don't even have good chairs. What is this feral hall? Where's the windows? You know, we're silly, but we get critical about everything. I don't like the way they sing. I don't like worship. I don't like, I don't like Dan either. I can't wait till anyone else speaks. Or if someone else speaks, I don't like them. I want Dan. I don't like Sunday school. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, critical, critical of your wife, critical of your children, critical, critical, critical. You know what happened to critical spirits in the Bible, complaining spirits? You know what God had to say about those? Oh, he wasn't happy. Before grace, he sent plagues to deal with that. I was teaching the high school this week about David when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. And he made a mistake how he did it at first because he was trying to do it in his own strength and not following the Lord. But he does bring it in. You might remember, he only went six steps, right? One, two, three, four. Hopefully he didn't miscount. Could be problems. <laughs> but the sixth step, he stopped. And what did he do? Anyone know the story? Of course, my students from the high school should know, right, Gabe? <laughs> yes, of course. He's heard it three times already this week. What did he do? He sacrificed the animals. He praised God. He hammered down the symbols. He danced in such an incredible way. He said, after six steps, I got to rest and praise the Lord because I can't do this in my own strength. I'm going to stop. I praise God. And the problem is we're on step eight and nine and we're getting grumpy and we're getting critical and we're like, uh, and God says, you're trying to do it in your own strength. And whenever you do it in your own strength, you lose all your joy. And I'm here to tell you, you got to stop after six steps and say, I'm not going to do this myself. I'm going to praise the Lord. And David was serious about praising the Lord. Well, I don't know if people should raise their hand in church and clapping's a little dangerous. Well, good thing David didn't go here. Because he busted out his dance. And he said, jack up the music. And he started dancing and he started losing his clothing. He's praising the Lord. He'd care less. He's like, um, where's the usher? Sleep? <laughs> Use that, uh, all that training in the military to get that dancer out of here on aisle 11, right? Like... And get some clothes. Get a robe on that guy. And you know, his wife was watching from the window. You ever heard that story? His wife watching in the window. What was her heart? I can't believe you. I can't believe you dance like that. Don't you know all the ladies saw you? And obviously, we're not encouraging anyone to go in the nude here, okay? But the point was the critical spirit was so destructive. And David said, listen, cut it out. 
I'm praising the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this. And people say, you can't worship with your hands in your pocket. You can't worship with your hands. Who's to tell you how you're supposed to worship? And who's to tell you what critical spirit to have on that? That is absolutely ridiculous. You know what God said to Michael? You shall not bear children from this point on. There will be no fruit from your womb because you had a critical spirit. And the problem is when people have a critical spirit, whether to your face or behind your back or to God's face or behind his back, they never bear fruit for Jesus Christ. And that's the scripture, and God can't stand it. Yet we live in that world where complaining and being critical in the midst of the storm is a part of our life. And whether as Canadians, it's the weather or the government or our prime minister or church, nothing's happening. We just carry it into our spouse, into our children. Why are you doing that? And God is grieved. He says, what about the blessings I've given you? What about the protection What about how I'm using you? What about the body of Christ that's come alongside you? Oh, I forgot. And that's why as a gatekeeper, we open it every day and say, no, Jesus. Today, I'm going to start praising you. Great God, faithful God, your mercies are new every morning. May your glory fill my life. Thank you for your blessings. May I bless others. May I be a blessing as you are a blessing to me. Finally, the greatest probably blessing of all, God's presence and the sharing of the gospel, that people came to know Jesus Christ. Says some believe, does it not? What are they doing in heaven when someone believes? Well, that was good. I didn't really like him, but I guess it's okay to spend eternity with him. It's the angels, right? Like, well, not that guy. I don't really like him. Is that what they do? No, he's okay. He doesn't dress well, God. You sure you want him up here? No, they stop. They celebrate. They have a party over one soul saved. It's like the sheep, the 99, okay, the one's gone. God goes to get them. They get back. It's like the prodigal son. Woo, we're going to have a party. We're going to kill a fatty calf that someone's been saved for eternity because hell is serious business. And when the angels see someone is going to be saved from that junk, they celebrate. And it is a blessing beyond blessings. Amen. What do we do? Well, okay, how are we going to disciple them now? Blah, blah, blah. Let's praise God. When people come to know Jesus Christ, and there will be people coming to know Jesus Christ, it should be our greatest joy that someone is saved from hell. Not whether our sports teams won or lost, not that we make a lot of money, not whether our house looks good or bad, but if someone is saved for eternity, we should be celebrating. And we need to wake up to that truth of what a true blessing is and stop living and complaining about our lives and then trying to medicate in so many ways because we're just simply complaining. Well, you don't know my life. I don't, but God does. And these are his instructions. Amen? i got news for you. Bad stuff happens to everybody. But i got better news. God's blessings happen to everybody. And how are you going to live this morning?
the old hymn. It's right in this sermon. I'm finishing it off. There's an old hymn book in the prayer room. I've been trying to start my prayer time singing a hymn or two. I hope you're not in the house when that happens. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Daniel Shilke, count your blessings. Count them one by one and keep counting. And keep counting. Keep counting. Because praise is the pathway to the presence of God. Amen. We're going to sing that hymn. I told Randy, let's sing it. He's like, I'll give him my best shot. (laughs) We're not here to get in some big thinking about what's wrong this time or examining this or that. We're not going to be introspective to the point of difficulty. All we simply want to do before we take communion is praise Jesus. And as you're singing this song, you just give him thanks for the blessings in your life. And if you can't think of any, think of the four that I gave you. Amen. Lord Jesus, we praise you this morning. We give you all glory this morning. Thank you that you're a blessing, God. Even as you sent your disciples out, it says as they went to the homes, they were to give that home a blessing. And if the people didn't receive it, they were to take it back. But we're called to be a blessing people because you have blessed us. And we want to give you all glory and all praise this morning. We want to bless the Lord whether it's going bad or bless the Lord whether it's going good. But we know that you're producing fruit in our lives. And that you're going to use us naturally and supernaturally, God. We know because you're a good God who gives good gifts. And we pray for that harvest, Lord. And we praise you already for the many who will come to know you. We're so thankful for the many in this room who have been saved from hell. And that we're free. And we don't have to live in depression and anxiety because we can live in praise and truth and goodness because you are good. And we pray this in your precious name. Let's stand and sing together. And then we'll pray for communion.